You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Welcome to the party, pal! Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. This is the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... I want to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. Oh, yes. So exciting. That little dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the Terminator thing? I was watching that, and I was like, that's Terminator. Jonathan, can you you find that? And I bet just Google Terminator music or Terminator sound effect. I bet you that's the first thing that comes up. They stole that straight from the Terminator. We play this again. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. Oh, so By the way, he said that to a totally blank television he screen. Did, he did. It wasn't even turned on. No. That's <laughs> probably the best part about it. He turns and looks at a TV that's off and delivers that money line it's, right there. It's because the rage was so high with Seagal that he was going to kill somebody. Well, he was hallucinating at the time. He was hallucinating all these terrible memories and remembering hearing the senator say, take that to the bank. So Rami's sort of right. Here's the beginning of the main theme for Terminator. That's about it. No, I, I swear. I swear that same exact... I'll look for it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. The movie is Hard to Kill. Oh, it's a classic. Hard to Kill with Steven Seagal was this week's action movie rewind. And this is now a staple on Fridays on our show. We don't have live sports to watch, so we're just going to watch action movies from the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. And we're taking your recommendations at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. Hard to Kill with Steven Seagal, 1990. And here's the summary, boys. (laughs) Steven Seagal stars as L.A. detective Mason Storm, who has left comatose for seven years after being shot by underlings of a corrupt politician, Senator Trent. They killed his wife as well in cold blood. But his son got away. At first, Mason Storm was pronounced dead after the home intrusion, he was pronounced dead at the hospital. Yep. But then doctors realized he's still alive, but just in a coma. Because this guy can't be killed. He's very hard to kill. Exactly. And his main cop friend, O'Malley, O'Malley. makes the prudent decision to keep Mason Storm hidden from public view for seven years during this coma mm-hmm. under the name John Doe. During this time... Corrupt politician Senator Trent rises up to become a state senator. And when Storm finally reawakens, he's desperate for revenge. That's for my wife. You would die. I missed. I never miss. They must have been smaller than I thought. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Mine's bigger than yours, right? It's not fair. Throw it away. All right? Ah. 
It's still not fair, that's right. Okay, how about this? I'll get down on my knees. Is this any better? Hmm? Come get some. Let's start with Judd, because this is Judd's... This, this actually might be, in Judd's mind, what he hopes his biography could be at some point. <laughs> fantastic. This is a fantastic piece of cinematic work, okay? What is your favorite part about the movie? Let's go around the room. Judd, go ahead. Oh, it's like asking me what my favorite kid is, and I had five kids. Um, my favorite single part, I think, might be the scene that I think you just played, which is, is that the liquor store robbery scene? No, that's that's also my favorite part of the movie, by the way. <laughs> when he gets, so before before he is shot and put in a coma for seven years, when he breaks up the liquor store robbery. He just wants a bottle of champagne gets, for him and the guy. Gets kudos, gets kudos from his fellow cops, gets in his car to go home, Mason does, and turns on Chuck Mangione <laughs> and is driving home. Dude, dude. So the, uh, it's great. So the scene is he, he he walks into this liquor store and has this weird exchange with the owner of the liquor store or uh, the manager of the liquor store. He's a jaded the, the guy that owns the liquor store, very jaded. Yeah, he's asking the liquor store guy, like, hey, you watching the Oscars? I don't need the Oscars. The yeah, Oscars, I don't need the, the freak Oscars. shows here yeah. every night, he says or something. And so so this group of misfits comes in, these four guys come in, and they kill the clerk with a shotgun blast. So these four guys come in, and so it's the, these four robbers and Steven Seagal. And the four robbers come in, and they just flat out kill the guy behind the Well, the he smarts off to them. Yeah, they, and Seagal doesn't flinch, by the Seagal way. Gunshot goes off. This guy goes yeah. flying but, six feet back. But Seagal doesn't but, flinch or hesitate for his second. In 1990s film, it's great because when, when they shoot the guy who owns the liquor store, he then flies backwards into all his alcohol, so it becomes a complete mess as well. It is. Yeah, terrible so he doesn't cleanup. collapse. He actually flies back and breaks a bunch of bottles. you ever try to get Jägermeister out of carpet? It's very difficult, da, 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 especially mixed with da, blood, okay? Da, da, da. And so Seagal just casually destroys destroys all four of these guys without a gun. One by one. One by one. Yes, sir. And the last guy he puts in the Kurt Angle ankle lock submission and just twists <laughs> his ankle it. into a pressure. Ah! Then gets in his car with his bottle of champagne casually and cranks up some Chuck Mangione. But before he I gets mean, in his car, on. his cop buddy walks up to him, and they don't care about this dead store clerk either. Nobody is shook whatsoever. No. This store clerk no. is laying in a pool of his own blood. His cop buddy walks up to him and goes, Guess you won the Oscar tonight, Storm! <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> I know. How can you not love this? It's amazing. That That is also my favorite part of the movie. And I will give uh, just a, a, a close second place is at the very end when he's about to kill. He's about, well, he's about to kill the senator and he's killing all the senators, but he actually doesn't wind up killing the senator. Uh, there's a quote that he writes in the bathroom. I love that too. To scare one of the other guys that says anticipation of death is worse than death <laughs> itself. So Steven Seagal works his way into the bad guy lair. And he's hiding around, creeping around, and he, just to mess with the bad guys, writes, anticipation of death is worse than death itself. I mean, how profound and is like, that? And then Come in on. the next room, it says, you're next. Yeah. You're next. <laughs> but it's Y-O-U-R, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, was it? Not Y-O-U, okay. apostrophe R-E. When you've been in a coma for seven years, grammar is... Just quickly, though, my favorite death is the, the one that you played, the guy that shot Storm's wife... He takes the pool cue, breaks it, and sticks it in the guy's neck. How's the action, boys? Mind if I play? Oh, I know what you're thinking. That if I have this in my hand, I can't play. 
How's this? Well, somebody hand me a cue. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Mine's bigger than yours, right? It's not fair. Throw it away. All right? Ah, it's still not fair. That's right. Okay, how about this? I'll get down on my knees. Is this any better? Hmm? Come and get some. Steven Seagal wins the award for most cocky guy walking into an outnumbered fight situation. Oh, for sure. Every time, like he yeah. walks in, it can be him with his bare hands and four guys with shotguns, and he's trash talking them. Just amazing. All right, Rami, what's your favorite part about Hard to Kill? <laughs> well, first of all, like every good '80s or early '90s action movie, montage, training yes. montage. But the added element to this training montage was it was a self healing montage that included his own his self administered acupuncture, which, by the way, <laughs> the pincushion. That he keeps his acupuncture needles in, my mom sews and has the very same pincushion. The exact same pincushion that Steven Seagal uses wow. to keep his acupuncture Steven needles Steven Seagal's in. run in that montage scene is a little weird. He He's has the weird, weirdest yeah. run in the history of runs. And I, you know, I've heard, I haven't, I haven't watched a Steven Seagal movie in a really long time. And I'd heard people say this. But, and I, I would be like, nah, that can't be possible. That, there's no way that it was that extreme. Did you guys notice that in the entire movie, not one shot landed on Steven Seagal? Nobody can land even a punch or a kick on Steven Seagal. You can shoot him with a gun. A gun might take him down temporarily because, again, hard to kill. But not one person. He fights like 40 people over the course of the movie, hand-to-hand combat. Not one person can land a punch on Steven Seagal. No one gets any. It's like a Brock Lesnar match. Like No one can get any (laughs) offense in. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's a it's the whole thing. The entire movie and every Steven Seagal movie is an exercise in stroking Steven Seagal's ego. But that's you, absolutely true. Yeah. Do you remember the right. Do you remember the scene in the hospital when he's in the coma? Yep. And the nurse is hoping that that he wakes up. Kelly LeBrock, yeah. And she lifts the sheet. Oh, storm. <laughs> Wait. Just to just to reiterate. Just to reiterate. Because you've you've now stumbled upon my least favorite part of the movie. Sorry. Just so I know, I'm jumping around no, here. No, 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 I have good. a lot to say. He's in a coma. In a coma, yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. He's in a coma <laughs> for seven years, and she lifts the sheet, Storm. looks at his manhood, <laughs> and says, you have so much to live for. <laughs> That's a great scene. Please wake up. And if I'm not mistaken, shortly after that film came out, <laughs> they got married in real life. Oh, my and, God. And were married for quite some time. Okay, do you think the script the script gets written... And, and, and then Seagal through, gets his hands on they're it. Go, they're yeah. going through a table read, right? They're going through a table read. Oh, Seagal don't and it do gets table to that, It gets to that part, and Steven Seagal says, eh, He's like, this scene needs a little something extra. Hey, what if she uh, looks at my junk? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been in the coma guys... for seven years. <laughs> I, firm, I firmly believe that in Seagal films, the rule is you can't touch Seagal. But that's not part of the act. That's the real rule, is my guess. So that there is... I bet Steven Seagal says, nobody touches me. Man. <laughs> the fighting does seem a little disoriented at times, where it's just like, it's not the smoothest of combat, and there'll be a punch thrown at Steven Seagal, and all of a sudden, like, he'll just grab it, and yep. it's not smooth at all. So I I wouldn't doubt well, that. Well, there is even a scene when they were driving around in that Jeep, and yes. they had the windshield in front. And they're literally driving toward three guys with guns who are just like rifling off shot or shot or shot. And they even show the bullet holes in the front. So they show the bullet holes in the front windshield, right? Did I catch a few 
a few scenes in, or a few shots in that scene, that action sequence where guys were like shooting old Tommy guns, like from, yeah, they were. from gangster they were. movies in the fifties. Yes. Yes. They probably found them yes. in some back lot. Yes, let's use this. So, so it's like you're driving right at three people with Tommy guns and a shotgun and a pistol, whatever. Yeah, and there are bullet holes all over the front windshield. And yet, Steven Seagal and Kelly Brock come out completely untouched, unscathed, and run over them as they get close enough. I was watching it this morning, and that Jeep scene where they're driving through the field at guys who are shooting at them, there was one cut to the Jeep where I could have sworn the driver was on the other side driving. It was a European yeah. stuntman that they brought in for that scene alone. <laughs> hey, man, it's a Seagal film, okay? Anything is possible. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, what is your favorite part about Hard to Kill? Uh, one of my favorite parts is easily the uh, the escape from the hospital when the doctor <laughs> yeah. is pushing out the bed that he's laying on and just hitting literally everything she could find. <laughs> and you know what? The first, when they come out of the elevator and yes. she runs right into a wall, yeah. I don't think that was at all scripted or planned. Seagal looks like he's jarred and like it hurt a little bit. And you see him like readjust and get his legs up off like that. Were, they were hanging off the gurney and he readjusts and puts his feet up on and the they gurney. And just go with it the rest of the chase scene out till she gets him in his car. In so, her car. So I took elaborate frame-by-frame frame notes of this exact scene, okay? So what happens is he, he finally what are wakes. Doing? What, are, what are any he's of got, us doing with our lives? He's got the cane, right? Yes. Yeah. No, he, he has a broomstick. Or a broomstick. A yeah, broomstick. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. He's so, just pushing and, himself away with and the we'll get we'll get to the the bad guy doctor guy because there's something to be. There's a, there's a rabbit hole there, too, okay? So Steven Seagal snaps out of this seven-year coma. Yep. And he realizes within, like, a few minutes yep. of being in a seven-year haze and coma, he realizes we're all in danger still, right? So he's wit. <laughs> well, when he wakes up, though, his eyes—it's so great because <laughs> they're playing the music, and all of a sudden, he like—he looks like my dog when she wakes up. Sort of this disoriented. Oh, now I'm. But would you remember like, after being in a coma for seven years, within a like within like sixty seconds of of awakening, like, oh. would you would you realize? Oh, that's right. Like I'm being, I'm being chased by horrible people and corrupt senators and things like that. Would I? Fr- Probably not. Would what? Mason Storm? Yeah. Clearly. Thank What's you the sure. first exactly thing you guys right. are asking if you break out of a seven-year coma? <laughs> I need food. Like somebody <laughs> so give me hungry. some food for God's sake. But he, but he whispers. He whispers to Kelly Brock. He says, "If you don't get me out of this hospital within an hour, we'll both be dead." And she doesn't take him seriously. And fake Dr. Goon guy comes in. Yes, he's great. Murders multiple people in cold blood, which we'll get to, okay? Yep. So, so as Jonathan explains, Kelly Brock rolls this hospital bed out the front door, down the, like, the... The ramp. The handicap ramp. It starts ramp, going right? too fast, yeah. And then she just, like, she she grabs him by the shirt, basically, and just, like, throws him into her convertible. <laughs> which you is, know? by the way, a really nice car. <laughs> it was. It was very nice. But... I take issue with the the, cr- the crony guy who pretends to be a doctor, right? Yeah. Rolls in, kills multiple people in cold blood with with several eyewitnesses who saw him. Like, yeah. there was even question as he walked into the building, like, mm-hmm. is this guy a real doctor or not? Multiple people saw this guy's face, okay? Mm-hmm. And he kills multiple people, but then Steven Seagal gets away. The next day, or sometime in the next couple days... This guy shows up to a very public political rally with Senator Guy, right? You'd think if you just killed multiple people in cold blood, you might be on the You should probably run. like stay on the download. I don't run. know. It didn't make sense to me. No. That I, didn't make sense to you? 
That part of the Hold movie, on that one part of the movie didn't make sense. I will not disparage. I will not be on a show where we're disparaging this great film. While we're talking about things that didn't make sense about his coma, how come only his goatee grew? <laughs> <laughs> not the rest of his beard. Well, clear, his hair wasn't any longer. Clearly below the, the just sheets, the goatee grew because that's why Kelly LeBrock peeled the sheets back <laughs> and said, "Storm, you have so much to live for." Oh, I mean, is it possible that Kelly LeBrock was? Was shaving his face and manscaping him during the seven-year coma? Yeah, but she just decided to leave the the Fu Manchu goatee. What? Why? <laughs> Can we please? But why would he not have facial hair on his cheeks? I don't know, man. Can we please discuss the the supporting role played by O'Malley and how great that character is, and the several great lines, including the the one right before he, he gets shot by the bad cops when he says. You guys don't deserve your bleeping badges. Yes. And he's shot like three times, and then they shoot O'Malley, him again. O'Malley and he, laid it all on the line. And O'Malley won't die. He won't way, die. Speaking of O'Malley, when he first finds. Run, Sonny, run! When he first finds Mason Storm, and then he leaves, and Sonny's like, You have to find my son and get him somewhere safe. Blah, blah, blah. And then. <laughs> And then the and then the woman shows back up at the house where they're the safe house that they're staring at. Yeah, nice that is house. the weirdest that is the weirdest exchange in the history of film. Do you guys remember that exchange between him and between him and the woman? Do you guys remember that? So she walks in and she goes, I forgot so, somebody had just been killed. I forgot who it was. She goes, She's all she's, she's devastated. And she's like, So and so is dead. And he's like, It's okay. O'Malley was here. And she goes, What? How do he find you? He goes. She, he goes. He followed you. My son is alive. Then he just lays a kiss on her, and they cut to the next scene. That's the, that's all the dialogue for the entire scene. And she's totally fine about her friend who just got murdered. She doesn't think about it for one damn second. Next scene, they're packing. They're packing to leave, and she goes, "This isn't going to be my best packing job." And she's like all perky and happy all of a sudden. Do you know what the most important thing is? The cassette tape was safe. That's true. Because we had to keep the cassette tape yeah, safe. But here's the thing. So how about when he just ripped out a chunk of the wall to get the cassette recorder, <laughs> and then blamed it on the bad contract? I think and remembered it was doing a lousy and remembered job. it was there. Yeah. That's the other great thing. So, so he gives the the audio take because like the main premise is he has filmed, and the reason why he's in a coma to begin with, he has filmed corrupt senator right. like making some bad deals. You could take that to the bank. Yep, the blood bank. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and so this tape is still floating around seven years later. They wind up giving it to his kid, who has it in a very, like, an unzipped and loose-wearing windbreaker. And he's doing, like, sprints up and down the street. That tape would have 100% fallen out of that windbreaker, I'll have you know. Unless he had, like, a zip pocket. The kid could run, too, though. He could. So here's what I want from you guys now, okay? There's a lot of meat on the Steven Seagal bone here, and that's the wrong way to phrase that. Mm. Absolutely. Weird. Did you capture that, Jonathan? <laughs> Completely yes. unfortunate. If I don't hear that, Monday yeah, at 4 o'clock I'll be very disappointed. Monday. Thank you. Really unfortunate that I just said that the way that I said it. Yes, Phil. What are, are your sure? favorite Steven Seagal observations from Hard to Kill? Because I'll, I'll start you guys with this one. <laughs> you, can, right? you can start. Did you guys notice that he walks with his arms folded? What? Yeah. No. He walks like in front of him. Like there's a, there's two or three scenes, especially yeah. where he's out hanging out with O'Malley for the it. first time. He's got the super t- like uncomfortably tight jeans where you can see every like every outline completely unnecessarily, and he's and he's walking up and down, talking with his friend O'Malley, with his arms fully crossed. Have you guys ever walked with your arms crossed? Before? No. No. Why would I do that? Steven Seagal. It's does. Super weird. Well, he is a. Really, really weird guy, so I'm not surprised. But I never thought about it. But you're right. Now, now that I do, 
All right, what are some other Steven Seagal observations from you guys? I pretty much already gave you mine, that the entire thing is an exercise in stroking Steven Seagal's ego. From nobody being able to land a punch to the nurse looking at his junk when he's been in a coma for seven <laughs> years and saying, you have so much to live for. Like, the whole thing, the whole movie is just stroking Seagal's ego. It's ridiculous. What about the fact that he loves to narrate everything as it's happening? You guys notice that? <laughs> so he's, like, crouched down, and he's trying to film the corrupt politician on the docks, and it's dark, right? And he's just, like, narrating the whole thing, right? It's like, come That's on. Right. I need you to Get say out of the yeah, Get in the light. On. Yeah, come on. <laughs> The whole movie is Steven Seagal basically narrating it. Yeah, because he's the star, man. He's the star of the film. It's his film. Uh, All right, all right. Is it just me or is he whisper talking the entire movie? Oh, he does, yeah. Yeah, Do you guys remember his reality show where he thought he was a cop? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. Mm -hmm. That definitely happened. So he basically played that role ten times? Yeah. (laughs) To differing... Never got punched once in ten movies, apparently. He got shot a few times, but... No. All right, so we've gotten to the rating portion here, all right? I believe last week we decided that we were going to we were gonna rate on a 1 to 10 Seagal scale. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. One well, we more said thing. It would either be One more Seagal's thing. or Van Damme's. Yeah. It's Seagal's. It's Seagal's. Yeah. Steven Seagal, does Steven Seagal, in his array of action films, find more ways to break people's appendages than any actor in history? Like the way he broke that like guy's Like he doesn't want to shoot you. But he wants to break no, your he loves, leg. He loves your bending ankle. things in directions yeah. they don't bend. But so I, he, think, he sure. might, I he, think he might be the most prolific breaker of bones of any actor ever. That's a because he had the wrist, pretty good observation. He had the ankle, and then he had the arm. He broke a neck. Oh yeah, he broke an arm. But he like, broke a wrist and he broke an ankle. Schwarzenegger and a leg. He broke a leg in there too. Schwarzenegger the guy's leg broke necks constantly. He loves to break necks. Seagal, I think, in Hard to Kill might break two necks, and that's it. He doesn't break a ton of necks. I mean, breaking... Seagal just wants to break bones. But the weird thing, too, is, is and Hard to Kill is guilty of this throughout, Seagal will break your leg, and the person will just die. <laughs> and you true. want to tell them, no, 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 let's let's go back to this. Like, Schwarzenegger breaks necks because that kills you, and now you're dead. But in, in the fight scene in the safe house, he, like, will break a guy's leg, and they'll go, ah! And he's like... He's so he's dead. He can't be dead. He just broke his yeah, ankle. Yeah, it's because you've never had your ankle broken by Steven Seagal. By the way, how is there like twelve guys shooting up that safe house yet none of them can land a shot on Steven Seagal? I know. Or I thought that too. It's yeah, almost right. like they're all stormtroopers from Star Wars. They just cannot shoot straight. <laughs> and there's one problem too. So in in the final huge fight scene where the where I think the senator's right hand man comes down and he was a cop and he he's the guy that he puts the message about death to and. He, that's the guy that takes his gun and starts just shooting randomly and missing everything. And then he runs out of bullets and spikes his gun down and picks up picks up the type of thing that, that you put in the fireplace. Yeah, the, to yeah, mix, yeah, yeah. And then just throws it again randomly. So Seagal takes that guy and he takes his tie and like barely pulls the tie and the guy falls down dead. Well, no. Here's is what he happened. Is he dead or is he choked out? No, he was. He. I was so, wondering what happened there. Here's too. what happened. Here's what happened. I, uh, this is great. And then he's got the great line. He, now you're a good cop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What does that even mean? I forgot about that. I meant to ask you guys about you that. See, what does that so, even so mean? So you got to watch this again, Rami. So he chokes him with the tie. Still right. Forty hours he, left on he, the rent. He chokes him with the tie. Now you're good cop. And he choked him so much. The guy is on the ground and he's like still kind of alive. But yeah. Steven Seagal has has tied the tie so tight. Okay. That he needed five extra seconds to writhe on the ground and then died that way. 
That's how it played out. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I was just a little bit just for clarification. Okay. So he's doing the rock. So it's Twitch. plausible. It's totally plausible, is what you're saying. We'll do it. It'll be an athlete challenge on scoring our social now you're media. You're a good producer. <laughs> so here's the other question. All right, like the senator. I feel like there's a, a deeper dive to be done on just how terrible of a human being Senator Trent is. A lot yes. of different pieces of evidence, but one in particular. You guys remember when he was in the hot tub with his little gal pal yeah. friend? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's like, the opera's off, and he's living in like this mansion, right? Yep. And his right wing crony guy comes in to basically say, like, "Hey, Stephen Mason Storm is is yeah, on the way, and things are about to happen." Yep. He a brushes off his crony buddy, wants nothing to do with it, and then thinks twice after the guy leaves and tells the gal, "We're not going to the theater. Was it they were going to go to a play or yep, something? The theater? Opera, yeah, opera. I think yeah. And treated her very, very poorly. Oh, he was yeah. a yeah, he's not a good get guy. Lost. Yeah." Told her to get lost. Get lost. A couple yeah, of bad it. words. Yep, get lost. Yep. Okay. But how is it that someone, and I realize I'm asking this during uh, a moment in our country where there are a lot of political opinions going on here, but like, wouldn't somebody have sniffed out at some point over those seven years how terrible of a human being and a murderer and a philanderer Senator Trent was? No? Okay. That wasn't really among my concerns. Okay. So, now really. you're a good president. I'm just wondering. I thought he was a bad guy. Yeah. How could a terrible guy who treats women like that get away? Okay. Let's move, on to the, let's move on to the next part of the how. Show. How would you rate on a one to ten scale? Oh. Hard to kill with Steven Seagal. Rami Maklov, I think mm. you should start us off because you're not going to be as positive as I am. The ratings for the ratings for Bloodsport last week were three, two, two, and six. I like the movie more than on a you scale guys of did. one to ten, right? Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think I give it a, a three, right, Phil? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. We'll start with Rami. Yep. Start with Rami. Like how good it actually was, or how bad it was that it made it good. I'm still not clear on how we're rating on how we're rating this. Open discussion. I feel think? whatever is in your heart should come out. Yeah. Like if we're going, because there was a moment, and Mackie and I talked about this a little bit from eight feet apart in the office earlier today like it was it was so bad that it was good to the point where you're like man i kind of don't want this to end the yeah. part and i haven't brought this up yet i tweeted it and i did and i texted it directly to you guys his training scene directly followed by a by a love scene where he looks like he's training for a slap fight he's just flailing his arms around like i'm doing <laughs> right now on the video stream it's. I laughed at. I kept rewinding that and laughing at it like five different times. I spent a good portion of my time last night. Someone tweeted the the station account. Yeah, I saw GIF the GIF. I told Rami earlier today this movie could have lasted thirty more minutes, I probably, and, I w- and I would have been in. For yeah, all and, the, and then and yeah. then the Chuck Mangione the after he just watched a guy get massacred and then and then killed four guys himself. If we're going by, it's so bad that it's good. This is like an, this, this is eight cigars right here. This is eight. This is probably eight or nine cigars. I'm gonna give it nine. Dude, nine wow. cigars. Wow. I mean, so bad it's good scale. Yeah, yes. wow. yeah. This is the perfect cigar film. There's there's challengers. There's about two or three cigar films that are really good, including this one. But this is the perfect one. It's ten cigars to me. Oh, oh wow! Perfect ten. Wow! It's ten cigars. The standard. I, it's so good. And yes, it's at times it's questionable, but I mean, come on, Seagal's great. O'Malley's fantastic. You guys don't deserve your badges. As he's being shot like eight times and he doesn't die. It's amazing, Jonathan. The chase scene. Just Jonathan, go on and on. One to ten Seagal's. I had so much fun watching this so 
bad. It's good movie. I'm going to give it seven out of ten. Okay, seven cigars out of ten. And I'm and I have it. I'm going to I'm going to stand at what I had it before we started the discussion. It's an eight, and I thought eight was like. It, so we give it a seven, eight, and nine, and a ten. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> That's pretty damn good. It's, a, it's fun. Hard to kill. Gosh, I'm going to go. I'm going to watch it again tonight. I think. I'm going to see if. See if my wife wants to just watch appreciate it the other actors too. That's the important thing. I miss. Never miss. I never miss. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. The blood bank. To the blood bank. Yes. I said, Jonathan, the the Terminator thing. Did you get it, Jonathan? Yeah, I have it. Give me Seven a seconds into that clip that I sent, you. it's the go. same exact thing. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Let's play this one first. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. No, that's not it. That's it, right there. That's the same thing. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. You know what? It was a great. It was a great era. Everyone could share the same type of music. All right, what's our movie for next week? I think it's Rami's turn. Rami's turn to choose. Go ahead, Rami. You want to give me some options? Don't you have a list there, Mac, for us to pick off of? And if there's something off the list or something that needs to be put on here, then we're open to all suggestions. I'll give you what we have on the list so far. You pick one. Okay. Point Break. All right. Con Air. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Speed. Air Force One. The Rock. Face Off. True Lies. 48 Hours. I'm going to leave Under Siege off because we just did a yeah, yeah, we, got, we can't do it. You know, I, got, I got it. Okay. I already know which one I want. It's Con Air. Yeah, it's Con Air. Yes. Nick Cade, right. Steve Buscemi, Dave Chappelle for crying out loud. Dave Chappelle is in Con Air. And you know what? Okay. I think we're going to walk away from that. I think. I could be wrong. Actually, thinking it's a better movie than we remembered. Okay. I mean, it, it's one of the greatest movies of the 1990s, so I don't know. But how I mean, actually good. Like, not, not so bad it's good. I mean, actually good. That's unfortunate. I believe also Leanne Rimes became a superstar in this when her uh, How Do I Live Without You song like went to number one. I think this really? produced a number one song in the country. Pretty sure. All right. So Con Air for next Hey, week. so Chad, Chad tweets that uh, Stephen Seagal and Kelly LeBrock's daughter, Orissa LeBrock, was invited to WWE for a tryout. Interesting. Orissa, A-R-I-S-S-A, according to Chad. The more you know. And that puts a wrap on the second ever episode. You got to whisper, no, no, whisper it. You got to go Seagal. And that puts a wrap on the second ever edition of Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Action movie rewind. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. That's right. When we come back, we will wrap <laughs> with Roycey. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.